This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. Yo, everybody, what's going on out there in podcast land? Welcome to another episode of a Cincy fan talking with LP. And of course, this is your boy LP. Appreciate y'all stopping back for another episode. Took a quick week off. Got a little bit busy. Couldn't drop a podcast episode, but we back like we never left. Back like we land on the street, like all of that stuff. Happy y'all stop that happy y'all stop past all that good stuff. So as always, check out the link tree. Y'all know the business, y'all know all that good stuff. We're gonna get into a little bit of Bengals talk. Um we're gonna talk pandemic. The pandemic is not over. Um forget what y'all heard. Uh forget what people trying to tell y'all. Make sure y'all masked up out here. Definitely one hundred percent. Um, we're going to jump this off, talk a little bit of March Madness, all right? Um, I guess we're going to start off March Madness, and then we're going to talk, talk NCAA, um, globally speaking. So, um, and, and it's men's and women's for real, because the state of affairs with the NCAA is... Real live ridiculous, like for real. Um, but where we at right now? Um, the bracket. <laughs> I mean, it's. I, I guess it's turning out all right. It, it's better than it is normally. So, um, my final four is is looking kind of nice. Um, I, I've hit three out of four. Um. Michigan, of course, messed me up because it's Michigan. That's that's what they do. I mean, what do I look like picking Michigan to go anywhere past the second round? I mean, you know, I got to think with my head and not my heart, but I, I just didn't think Michigan was as good as they are. And, and, they, and they definitely good, like for real. But the Big Ten was on some real live letdown stuff. I mean, for real, like I didn't expect the Big Ten to play as poorly as they did, with the exception of Michigan, who's been holding it down. The Pac-12 has really done well. Don't let the fact that they haven't played well in the Elite Eight obscure the fact that they've done very well in the tournament. 
don't let that mess you up. People will say, oh, well, look at them in the Elite Eight. You know, they didn't, they didn't really win. You know, they messed up. No, that's not the case. I mean, they had a really good showing in the NCAA tournament. Um, my dark horse was Houston. I was telling people, like, watch out for Houston. I feel like they're a Final Four team because out of all of the teams I picked, I felt like this was a team that they can shoot and they can defend like they really could. And it helps that they play all double-digit seeds. <laughs> like, that doesn't hurt. But as we've seen in the tournament, it really doesn't matter what your seed is. I mean, everybody's out here winning. So you can't really hold that against them. I mean, the fact that they, they've they only played double-digit seeds. So don't let that. Don't let that stop you from saying Houston's a really good team. I mean, they played extremely well. For me, this tournament showed me what I thought about the entire season. We know nothing about these teams. <laughs> like, for real. We literally, know no we literally know nothing about these teams. We really don't. People are like, yeah, 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 this team's great. You know, watch out for Texas. Watch out for Ohio State, you know. Watch out for – who else were people saying? Watch out for Illinois. You know, everybody was saying watch out for all of these teams. And I'm like, there have been so many pauses. There have been so many things this season to where it's like we don't know how good these teams are. And quite frankly – we don't know how good the lower seeded teams are. You got teams going into the um, tournament that are like 15, 16, and 1. Like, <laughs> that's absolutely crazy. You got teams going into the tournament like in Oregon that just hit their stride in this tournament play. Like, they're, they're just turning into the team that they're supposed to be. And somebody like me, I wasn't really watching college hoop like that. So I had put that out here on the, on the pod. I'm like, I'm picking based on what I saw the last two weeks of the season. And I'm just going based off emotion in this piece for real. Cause it's like COVID has really messed up a lot of people's rhythms. It's hard to tell who these teams are and the tournament really showed that. And I know people are like, you know, it's, it's great to have a tournament back. And it really is. But more than anything, you could see the herky-jerkiness of, of team play. You could see how a lot of teams had, you know, that lag time in their games. A team like a Kansas, a team like a Virginia. I mean, they got messed up from the fact that COVID hit them in their championship tournaments in their league championship tournaments, really messed them up. I mean, people overlook that, but that's stuff that'll really mess you up when you're hitting tournament play. So you take all of this into account, that's what's going to happen when you get into a one-and-done situation like the NCAA tournament is. Anybody can win. You don't make the tournament and not be a good team. You just don't. Everybody in the tournament is good. You know, an upset is an upset. 
I'm not saying the teams that lost weren't upset because they were, but the talent gap between a five seed and the 12 seed is so much smaller than it used to be. I mean, a five twelve upset was something major 20 years ago, but now that five twelve upset, I mean, that talent gap is just so small now. It's, it's, it's minus, minuscule, like it really is. I mean, a 4-13 upset, you can call it an upset, but you got players from Ohio, like from the Bobcats team, they can ball, man. Like they really can. So when it happened, I mean, I was surprised, but I picked it. Like I'm like, they can play like they really can. I don't know. I mean, this year more than anything, I just expected craziness. I mean, how can you not expect craziness? And and also more than anything, the NCAA, they're showing their true colors again. And with the whole inequity of the system between men's hoops and female men's hoops and women's hoops. Like you can see and, and honestly it's I'm surprised that people are surprised. It's surprising to me that people are up in arms about this. People are like, I can't believe that this is happening. Like, why are you surprised about what happened with the women's basketball weight room situation? Why is it surprising that the NCAA tried to put them up with their rinky-dink locker room? I don't get why people were shocked. I saw that situation and I'm like, you sh- you surprised? You shocked? <laughs> I'm sure they were going through that for like years. And somebody probably finally decided to put it out there. I remember when you see when they were getting um, Fifth Third Arena um, renovated, and they were fixing it up, and the men's team, they got a deal to play across the river at BB&T Arena, where NKU plays, Northern Kentucky University. Real nice arena. I mean, they do concerts there, like big, huge concerts. State-of-the-art place to play. You know, they had the court decked out for them for most games. You know, they would have the, the Bearcats insignia, you know, on the court when NKU wasn't playing. Real nice. That's where the men played. The women, the women's team, they had to play in a high school gym. <laughs> That's where the women played. So the men had a court that was quite similar to theirs, and the women had to play at a high school gym. That makes sense? That make any sense to anybody. And people are all like, well, you know, the women don't bring in as much money. The women don't have a lot of revenue. The women's game isn't seen as much. Um, the men's game brings in more money, blah, blah, blah. First off, football's bringing in more money than all of this stuff. 
Like let's let's be clear. Football is king. And all of these other sports are second rate. Usually the tier goes like this. Football is first. The football brings in all of the money. Basketball will break even or basketball will make some money. And everything else usually falls in line after that. So miss me with the whole, you know, men's basketball is feeding women's basketball. It doesn't work that way. Football is feeding all of this. Like, and I get, I get that that men's basketball is a cash cow. I get that, but we're talking about collegiate sports here. That's what we're talking. About. We're talking about collegiate sports. And we're talking about that, you know, this is supposed to be a business and, you know, we're running it like a business. But if we're running it like a business, why aren't we paying? Why aren't we paying the workers? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, we want it to be a business when we want it to be. But then when we don't want to treat the quote unquote workers fairly, then all of a sudden it's not a business. I mean, y'all, y'all got to pick one. Like pick a side here when you don't want to treat the women's players fairly then it's not a business well then it's a business then it's like well forget all of that i mean it's 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 worse than ridiculous never mind the fact that there are a lot of sports where the women are outperforming the men you know sports like soccer but they don't even get paid fairly (laughs) so and it's just not making sense the the thing about it is the women's game and the men's game when you look at basketball these are sports that are very closely aligned when you look at the men's game and the women's game they look alike they're the most similar sports. So when we're looking at this at a, when we're looking at this at a collegiate level, I'm not seeing how it doesn't line up, how it's not how they're not treated fairly. Like when you look at how I don't even understand why the men's tournament and the women's tournament are running together. Like when you look at the games, the games are running together at the same time. Why? Why is that happening? That makes absolutely no sense to me. So as a consumer, I have to choose between the men's game and the women's game. It's almost like you don't want the women's basketball game on a collegiate level to succeed because you're putting it against the men's game at the same time. From what I remember, pre-pandemic, you had the men's collegiate games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then you had the women's collegiate games on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That's what I remember. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but... They did it to where they competed a little bit, 
But the big games, the Elite Eight, the Sweet 16, they weren't on at the same exact time. Like, literally, Elite Eight, Sweet 16 games, 715, 945, men's and women's. And I get it's like, you know, you want them to be equal, but you can't say you want them to be equal and then pit them against each other to make it to where you have to choose between one and then say, oh, well, nobody's watching the men's game or nobody's watching the women's game. I mean, you're setting them up to fail. You have to give them a market to shine unless you don't want them to shine. I mean, there is that. So I don't know, man. I just feel like this is one of is one of those things where once again, the NCAA is prioritizing one entity over the other entity. And there's a market not only for women's basketball, but for women's sports, period. I mean, just turn on ESPN. You'll see softball all over the place. And if people aren't watching it, why is ESPN paying for it on a regular basis? I mean, the market for women's sports are there. Women's soccer is extremely popular. I mean, there's a market. There's just people trying to shoot it down because, I mean, <laughs> people just don't want to see it happen. They want to make excuses for it. Oh, well, people just don't like it. People don't want to see it. It's boring. This, that, and the third. You're welcome to not watch it. I mean, that's how you feel, but don't hate on it and don't treat it unfairly because you don't want to see it because that's not cool and that's not fair because, I mean, it's it's a really good game. Like, it really is. Um, and if you didn't see that UConn-Baylor game, um, <laughs> hey, you, you missed a really good one. Like, you, you definitely should have saw that. Um she got fouled. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to tell you. She got fouled. Um, I don't know if she would have hit the free throws or not, but um, the shooter from Baylor got fouled. Like, she really did. I don't know what her coach was talking about after that uh, with the whole recklessness, um, with, with the whole COVID stuff, but her player did get fouled. Um, and, and we'll see what happens with the men's and women's game as far as the Final Four goes, but... Um, I'm not surprised about the inequities, and I'm not surprised about the NCAA doing this once again because, honestly, it's just kind of what they do. I mean, and there's a lot of people here for it, which is messed up. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, we, we get to jump into some Bengals talk. Um, I did say when we last spoke that I was I was going to leave the Bengals alone. At that point, they had made no moves, none, zero moves. And I'm like, let's leave them alone. Let's let's see what they do. Let's leave them alone. I I was kind of sort of giving them hope. Little. Little did we know that they had stuff brewing. Picked up a 
a, a solid offensive lineman in, in Riley Reef. Um, got them some some pass rushers a little bit, so it, it it's looking a little decent. Got some got some cornerback help. Interesting stuff happened as far as the draft went, though. Um, the 49ers jumped up into the third position. So now what it's looking like is um, Jacksonville definitely going quarterback number one. And then New York definitely going quarterback number two, the Jets. San Francisco definitely going quarterback number three because let's be real. You spend those draft picks, you jump up in the draft to take the number three pick and you don't take a quarterback. You smoking something (laughs) like, like let's be real. You do all of that. You zoom up to third in the draft and you don't take a QB. I I don't know. Like I don't I don't know what to tell you except that you you wasted draft capital. So you gotta take a QB. You gotta transform the team. Sorry, Jimmy G, but you got to. And then you got Atlanta at number four. The draft gotta start here. And And I don't, mm, I'm, I'm thinking that, I'm thinking that Atlanta would trade that pick. And if they did, they definitely taking a quarterback. I mean, that's what I would think. That, that would definitely be my thought. Which would leave. The Bengals at number five in a real cool spot because you got teams under them that would be thirsty for a QB and it wouldn't be too many left. So I'm thinking the Bengals wouldn't make a trade because that's not what the Bengals do unless you threw the house at them. So the question would be, do you draft skill position? Or do you draft offensive line? And I've been seeing a whole lot of people on my Twitter feed. You got to draft Kyle Pitts. You know, you got to draft a wide receiver. You got to get somebody to help Joe Burrow. But for me, me personally, and I'm going to keep saying this, I'm blue in the face. Do you remember last year, Joe Burrow got hit. He got sacked the third most times than anybody in the National Football League, and he didn't play the entire season. Think about that. He got sacked more than everybody else except for two quarterbacks, and he didn't even finish the entire season. And we're saying he needs help at wide receiver, <laughs> and we saying that he needs help at tight end. Like, I make that make sense for me. I don't even think this is going to be a long segment for me right here because in order to build a championship team, it starts up front. It doesn't start outside. 
It doesn't start behind the quarterback. If you look at all of the great teams, you look at all of the great ones, they built them up front. You look at all the dynasties. Take the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 70s. Take the 49ers in the 80s. Take the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s. Hey, you can even take New England. You can take New England when they was making that run. Off and on when they kept winning championships. Consistent line play. Consistent. You could count on the linemen for all of those teams to give Terry Bradshaw, to give Joe Montana, to give Troy Aikman, to give Tom Brady, all of the protection that he needed to do what they needed to do. Without the protection, how are you going to get the ball off? I mean, it's very simple. I've been preaching this same analogy for a year now. When you buy a house, you make sure you get the insurance. What good is buying a Lamborghini to put in the garage if you don't have the insurance for the house? I keep saying this over and over again. Picking up an offensive lineman is basically insurance. And people are like, well, you just got one in free agency. Okay. Well, you just drafted one last year. Well, and he just got healthy last year. Okay. So now you got another one. So now you have three solid pieces up front. You need five. (laughs) So I'm hearing two solid pieces. You need five. You need five strong pieces up front. So what's wrong with picking up another one? I mean, you can't have enough. Not for protecting Joe Burrow. Not unless you want to see the same thing happen that happened last year. And then we sitting in the same spot wondering if we should pick up an offensive lineman. And then we hear a whole lot of jokers going like, oh, but that, man, you see how fast that wide receiver is, though? What does it matter? The wide receiver can be fast as I'll get out. If Joe Burrow only got a second and a half to throw the ball, I mean, he dropping back three steps and throwing the ball anyway. Wide receiver running three-stepping cut routes. (laughs) None of this even matters. So what's the point? For real. Offensive lineman. We, you get the guy from Oregon. You look second round, you do what you need to do. You look third round, you do what you need to do. But this first pick, you're protecting the franchise, man. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're protecting the franchise. Not to mention the fact that you got a pretty solid squad with you already. You got Tyler Boyd. You got T. Higgins. You got Joe Mixon. You got Auden Tate. I mean, you got a solid squad already. You really do. Get somebody to protect the boys. Hey, you'll hear me saying the same thing throughout the draft. (laughs) You got a sense of fan talk with it, LP. With LP, we'll be right back. Hi. Hi. 
I'm princess. And I'm queen. This is daddy. You have to say, and this is a sensey fan talking with LP. And this is a sensey fan talking with LP daddy. Nice job. Mm-hmm. Yo, 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 what's up? We back. You got a Cincy fan talking with LP. Welcome back to the pod. Welcome back to the pod. Yo, we're about a year into this whole pandemic thing. Um, as as I stated at the very beginning, the pandemic is still real. Don't let anybody tell you different. Um, forget anybody talking about that nonsense about you know, it's fake, don't mask up, you know, it's a fraud and all that. Absolutely ridiculous. So this being a, a year into this this whole crazy thing, I just kind of been reflecting and just thinking about like how crazy everything been. Like like I just remembered running up to like a hardware store at the beginning of this whole thing, not looking for like a hammer or looking for actual hardware but looking for toilet paper like like it was it was that wild when this whole thing started i'm standing in line with two big rows of toilet paper from a hardware store because it was the only place that i could find toilet paper and i think i scooped up like two of the five rolls and it was like some jerk behind me trying to take like mass cleaning supplies from everybody that was there. And we just looking at him like, dude, you're not saving enough for nobody else. Like, like I could have took all five of the big rolls of toilet paper, but I'm like, I ain't about to do that to these people. Like, I know somebody ain't got to wipe their butt. Like, <laughs> like that's 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 filthy. I'm not about to do that. I'm just about to take two, and I'm I'm on my way. Like. They really should have had a limit sign up there for real. Like, like they should have been doing better. But I was just I was just thinking about this whole pandemic thing like the other day, and I'm like just realizing th- there's a lot of things like as as a society that we realized that we could do because of the pandemic. In a way, it's awesome. And in a way, it kind of sucks because we had to do it because of the pandemic. Like being able to being able to teach the way that we do is absolutely amazing. Um, I wasn't sure that it could happen, but it's absolutely amazing that we're able to do something like this. Um, the pandemic forced it to happen. I mean. There's no way that people would think to do the stuff that we're doing now. But I mean, emergencies make you do stuff like this. I mean, emergencies make you move things and and do things that honestly you don't think that you can do. I mean, like I'm I'm doing stuff in class that I mean, two years ago, I'm thinking like there's no way that I can do that. Like, I mean, I think my mind was kind of closed, to be honest. I'm like, 
I don't think it's possible. You know, the kids don't have the tools. We're not giving them the tools. Now it's like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And nobody's thinking anything of it because we had to. You know what I mean? We did not have a choice. And sometimes it's kind of heartbreaking when you think about it because we had to we had to lose we had to lose a lot, you know? Like, I mean, lives had to be lost, you know. We we had to we had to lose I, I wouldn't say our innocence because I think as I think as black people we realize that our way of life can change. Like it just can. Like stuff has been and can be taken away from us because it it happens. But as Americans, I don't think Americans are used to what happened on on the scale that it happened. Like to have your entire way of life just shut down and stop for as long as it did as a country i don't think a country was used to that i think certain segments of the population not saying that we were used to that but i don't think we were as surprised i mean i feel like some segments of the population kind of look for that other shoe to drop not that we look for bad stuff to happen, but it's not necessarily surprising when bad things happen. Because, I mean, as evidenced over the summer, we see bad things happen a lot. But I think what the pandemic showed us is we can persevere. And it was it was really cool to see how we persevere through it. And, and how we're getting through it. I mean, I feel like we've been leaning on each other a lot. I mean, there, there's a, a really big podcast community that I had no clue about <laughs> when this whole, when I first started um, last January, I was just kind of out here and I've been kind of leaning on them a lot. And I've been actually been able to help a few people out myself, which is absolutely dope. So it's just been really cool to see a pandemic be the cause of some good in the middle of all of this BS that's happening. Because, I mean, it, it'll really bog you down when you think about it. So you got to you gotta see some wins and you got to take those small wins when you can, because on a global scale, this whole pandemic is one humongous big L, like L after L after L after L. And it's just like repetitious L's. So when you can see those small W's, like you got to take those and you got to kind of run with those. And, and you got to appreciate them too, because I mean, it's a pandemic, like the L's are around the corner. And I think that's why people are so ready to whip the mask off. And that's why people are so ready to hop on a plane. And that's why they so ready to just say, like, forget this. Like, I'm I'm headed here, I'm headed there. I'm, I'm going to the club, I'm 
I'm going out and about and I don't care about a mask mandate or nothing. I think that's why some, a lot of people are just like that. I don't, I don't think it's a, well, sometimes I think it's a forget the whole pandemic, forget it. It's not real. Sometimes I think it's that, but more so than that, I just think it's fatigue from a lot of people. They're just like, like I've been down for so long. I just, and I'm just not used to being down for this long. So now I see light at the end of the tunnel. I'm running to that light. Like I'm sick of this. And what I would say to those people is, man, we just gotta, we just gotta maintain and we just gotta hold on for a little bit longer. Like, and when you say a little bit longer, it's, it's hard because how long is a little bit longer? Like we've been saying a little bit longer since last April. Like we're supposed to be two or three weeks and then, you know, we're supposed to open back up and then it was supposed to be summer and it was supposed to open back up and then it was supposed to be fall and it was supposed to open back up and nobody knows. So when you say a little bit longer, you want people to define a little bit, and you can't really define a little bit. So what I would say to those people is you got to hold on and you just you just got to be safe. I mean, we grown-ups. I mean, we can't we can't just be like kicking and screaming, you know, I want to go out and play, so I'm going to just go out and play. I mean, we got to be grown enough to understand that our actions will affect people around us. And we can't act like it's not here. I mean, you got so many people that passed away and you got so many people that caught the virus. I mean, how long can you act like it's not real? I mean, at this point, you know somebody or you know of somebody that's either had the virus or that's passed away from the virus. I mean, at some point. I mean, let's be real. So... People can bury their heads in the sand and be like, you know, this thing isn't real. I don't know nobody. Or you can be realistic and say, look, this thing is out here. People are getting vaccinated. But this is the time where I need to be safe so we can get rid of this thing. And no, I don't know how long we got to do this, but I'd rather be safe than sorry. I mean, we can't. We can't treat a grown-up problem with a childish point of view. We can't. We can't do it like that. We got to treat a grown-up problem like a grown-up. We just have to. So we got to keep our mask on. We got to stay socially distant. And we have to keep doing these things because it's the right thing to do. And it'll keep everybody safe. Those are the reasons why we have to do it. I mean, it's just that simple. I mean, that's kind of what I've been reflecting on as I've been thinking about the pandemic. Like, I've been kind of running through some of my old episodes, and I've been listening to some of my um, old pandemic talk, and I'm like, I mean, it was, you could see the time getting a little bit darker and a little bit darker, and I don't know if you can see the end coming up, but, I mean, at this point, I wouldn't say we're living with the virus, but we're to a point where if we do what we're supposed to do, we can get through this.
So we got to do what we got to do. We got to keep those masks on and we got to stay socially distant. And it'll be tough because it's been tough. But it's what we got to do. So, hey, tell you what, at this point last year, we was watching a whole lot of repeated episodes and we was watching a lot of McDonald's All-American games from like 1996 and 1997 and all of that. And like, I'm like, man, I can't take this. Like, <laughs> like if I see LeBron James and them baggy pants dunking one more again, I'm like, look, like I can't go for it. Like make it stop. Like, goodness gracious. <laughs> Like, it it was bad. Like, how many old games can we watch? Whew. So, at least we done with that. I mean, for better or worse. Hey, I mean, you had a Cincy fan talking with you. We're going to go ahead and get up out of here. Um, we're going to go ahead and catch you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. But until then, as always, life is good, y'all. Peace out. not ready for the conversation to end i'm not either make sure to catch me on twitter that's the sensi fan talking leave off the g at the end of it and we can keep the conversation going also don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes the episodes will drop every tuesday if there's a change in that i'll make sure to let you know appreciate the support as always life is good Ooh.